Spanning the continent to bring you the truth about cannabis and marijuana law reform. I smoke pot and I like it a lot. CannabisRadio.com presents The Russ Belleville Show The voice of the marijuana nation Hey, this is great, man Now, here's your host Radical Russ Belleville Tokens and tokens Non-toking lovers of liberty It is Monday, August 8, 2016 And it's got to be 420 Somewhere in the world Welcome to the show. So glad you could join us here. And so sorry that I missed you all this last Friday. I didn't intend to be gone on Friday. I really did intend to do a show. But uh, as we were closing in on the Indo Expo, there were all sorts of loose ends that I had to clean up, not the least of which was my laptop computer dying on me Thursday night. I was up all night uh, fixing the laptop uh, that... Desperately needs to be replaced, and I thought I had gotten a second laptop that would replace it, but the second laptop that I pulled out of storage isn't going to cut it. So that's where I'm at right now. The laptop's rebuilt. We seem to be okay, but uh, we'll see. Anyway, uh, also on Friday, I had to rent a car and get a PA system for our lounge because, as it turned out, Cannabis Radio had this huge 20-foot by 30-foot lounge area, but no PA for it. So I had to go track down my old uh, my old PA from my music days, and we got that set up and, and had a really good show. We had a lot of uh, visitors stopping by asking about Cannabis Radio and also lots of great interviews that we're going to be bringing to you today and the rest of this week. All sorts of interesting products, new companies, and some interesting personalities that we spoke to at Portland's Indo Expo took place this weekend. So coming up on today's show, we'll give you the Cannabis Radio news to start things off. In the headlines today... Some uh, sad news from the state of Missouri. We've got a story on the campaign for legalization in California. We've got uh, the weirdest job listing for a marijuana job ever in Columbus, Ohio. In San Francisco, we've got a case of gummy candy poisonings. And also in Mansfield, Ohio, a gummy candy incident to tell you about. I guess we shouldn't call them poisonings. They're not poison. They were sickened, that's what we'll say. Uh, and in uh, Santa Fe, New Mexico, a a decision on their medical marijuana system and how the delays are hurting patients there. So that's all coming up in the Cannabis Radio News right after this first break. And then we'll start getting into some of these interviews from the Indo Expo. First, we'll speak with Keegan. He's with a company called Work. That's W-U-Umlaut. RK, and it's all about human resources in the cannabis industry. So if you're looking uh, for work or you are a dispensary looking to control or manage your human resources needs, this will be interesting for you. Then coming up uh, in the cannabis community chat, after that, we'll speak with Sharon Vance. She's a comedian from uh, Spokane, Washington, and she sat down (laughs) at the desk. We had kind of a funny discussion that I, I hope you'll enjoy. Then at half past, we get our chance to speak with Dr. Mitch Earlywine, one of America's leading researchers in the cannabis Q&A segment. Dr. Earlywine will be coming to us live from his home in SUNY Albany, the State University of New York. And we got all sorts of great studies to bring to you today. A new poll on American marijuana use. We've got a study on sex versus alcohol when it comes to sex, ver- alcohol versus marijuana when it comes to sex. 
There we go. Got that. Got that in the right order. Uh, we've also got uh, some studies on uh, young people and their perceptions of marijuana's harm. We're going to have an update on that story I brought to you last week on the new OSHA regulations and how they might affect drug testing and why Americans are tuning in and turning on once again to psychedelic drugs. And then uh, as we close out our first hour, we'll get to speak with Soham. He is a professional strain reviewer. I got to speak with him. He writes for Denver's The Cannabis. And then an hour or two, more interviews. Drew from the Gary Johnson campaign stopped by. Jonah from MRX Labs and David from Willamette Valley Aquaponics. All coming up next. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. Earn your Ph.D. in THC monetization with CannabisRadio.com. Don't be late. Play as Ted Growing, expelled botany sophomore and the biggest grower in town, only on Weed Firm Replanted, available on the App Store and Google Play. It's a lot of work being the biggest grower in town. Maintaining a room full of plants while dealing with a slew of eccentric customers, from a hardcore partier to the curious neighbor next door. Is anybody home? Help me expand my bud business by unlocking new strains, customizing my grow room, and completing challenges that you can't get enough of. Grow your empire so big you can see it from space. Low on funds? Don't worry. Weed Firm Replanted is free to download. Download Weed Firm Replanted for free on the App Store and Google Play today. Get growing, Mr. Growing. I'm Radical Russ from the Russ Belleville Show. Senator Mark Madsen of Utah. Mark, welcome to the show. Everybody kind of turns a blind eye. They obviously have to go to some other state. Representative Lou Fredericks. We're going to get something on the order of nonviolent possession offenses. State Representative Kathy Tilton. Where does it go from personal use to commercial use? It's the Russ Belleville Show, the NPR of POT, weekdays live at 6 Eastern, 3 Pacific, exclusively on CannabisRadio.com. This is the Russ Belleville Show, annoying Kevin Sabat since 2012. With over six years of experience in the industry, New Era CPAs is one of the nation's leading cannabis accounting firms, helping hundreds of growers, dispensaries, and ancillary companies with their tax, legal, and business strategies. New Era CPAs offices cover the West Coast from Seattle to San Diego, and their skilled team is always available to help you take your business to the next level. Visit NewEraCPAs.com for more info and set up a consultation. Welcome to the New Era. It's time for the Cannabis Radio News. Covering the latest headlines in consumer cannabis, medical marijuana, and industrial hemp. Cannabis Radio News is now available exclusively at CannabisRadio.com. Now your marijuana headlines in 4 minutes and 20 seconds. This is Cannabis Radio News. This is your Cannabis Radio News for Monday, August 8th, 2016. St. Louis, Missouri. The attempt by New Approach Missouri to place a medical marijuana initiative on the ballot looks to be about 2,000 signatures short. 
Spokesman Jack Cardetti said the campaign used open records requests to determine that the Secretary of State's office had invalidated over 10,000 signatures gathered in Jefferson, St. Charles, and St. Louis counties. Cardetti says the large number of invalidations suggest that overworked staff may have incorrectly discarded some valid signatures. New Approach Missouri plans to file a lawsuit within the next 10 days, confident that the courts will restore enough signatures for Missouri to join neighboring Arkansas, as well as Florida and Montana, with medical marijuana measures on the ballot in November. San Francisco, California. Supporters of California's Proposition 64 to legalize recreational marijuana filed a lawsuit Thursday accusing opponents of including false and misleading language in official ballot materials. The Yes on Proposition 64 committee sued in Sacramento County Superior Court, asking a judge to change or delete several arguments that opponents make against the measure on the November ballot. The lawsuit objects to opponents' claims about television advertising and arguments that the measure would undo consumer protections that Governor Jerry Brown recently signed into law. In particular, the lawsuit says it's not true that the initiative, quote, rolls back the total prohibition on smoking ads on TV, end quote, and that children, quote, will be exposed to ads promoting marijuana gummy candy and brownies, end quote. Federal law bans marijuana advertising, and the measure won't change the federal prohibition of televised smoking ads, Proposition Supporter Spokesman Jason Kinney said. Columbus, Ohio. Ohio is looking for an expert in growing marijuana who must adhere to its drug-free workplace policy as the state implements a new medical marijuana law. Cleveland.com reports the new hire by the Ohio Department of Commerce would help write rules for medical marijuana cultivators. The chosen contractor would be held to Ohio's drug-free workplace policy, which currently doesn't allow for medical marijuana use. A Commerce Department spokesperson couldn't say Friday whether the contractor's employees would have to clear a pre-employment drug test. San Francisco, California. San Francisco health officials suspect the gummy candies that sickened 19 people, including a six-year-old, at a birthday party contained edible marijuana. Final lab results weren't available Monday, but officials say some of the hospitalized patients tested positive for THC, the main psychoactive ingredient in marijuana. 13 of the patients were 18 or younger. The youngest was six. They were hospitalized Saturday and all had been discharged by Monday morning. The patient's symptoms were consistent with the effects of edible cannabis, including rapid heart rate, high blood pressure, dilated pupils, dizziness, lightheadedness, nausea, and confusion. Mansfield, Ohio. A Michigan man has been charged with felony drug trafficking after 24 people were sickened at an Ohio rap music festival when they ate candy laced with the marijuana ingredient THC. A Mansfield Municipal Court judge set a $50,000 cash bond Monday for 28-year-old Matthew Gross of Ypsilanti. He is jailed and no attorney information is available for him. Emergency crews were called to EST 2016 outside Mansfield on Saturday after people reported feeling ill. THC is the psychoactive ingredient in marijuana. Authorities say all those sickened are expected to recover. The festival was headlined by Cleveland rapper Machine Gun Kelly. The charge is expected to be transferred to a Richland County Common Pleas Court, where prosecutors will decide whether to present the case to a grand jury. 
Santa Fe, New Mexico. The Department of Health has such a large backlog of applications for New Mexico medical marijuana identification cards, the state auditor has called it a public health emergency. The average time for processing a medical marijuana ID card is now 43 days, which is down from the 60-day average in June, but still exceeds the 30-day limit set by state law, the Albuquerque Journal reported. The department is working to process applications for both new patients and those seeking renewals, agency spokesman David Morgan said. This has been your Cannabis Radio News for Monday, August 8th, 2016. I'm Russ Belville. Forwarding the cause of legalization and research of the growing cannabis industry, one podcast at a time. The Cannabis Radio Network. Normal stands for responsible adult cannabis use. If cannabis use is causing problems in your life, consider taking a break or seeking medical assistance. Consider ceasing cannabis use if you have a family history of mental illness. Don't drive or operate heavy machinery while impaired by cannabis use. Cannabis use is not without risks, even though the risks may be far less than those posed by legal drugs. Marijuana is not addictive, but listening to the Russ Belleville Show is... Coming soon to a city near you, Cannabis Finance Boot Camp. Get all your cannabis accounting, legal, and compliance questions answered by their knowledgeable panel of industry experts who want to help your cannabis boom. Whether you're a grower, dispensary operator, or a newcomer to the field, your cannabis needs Cannabis Finance Boot Camp. For information on upcoming events, visit CannabisFinanceBootCamp.com. Mark Twain once said that when there's a gold rush, it's a good time to be in the pick-and-shovel business. Today, we look at the rapidly evolving markets in the marijuana green rush in our Business Chronicles. Welcome back, everyone. Radical Russ here live at the Indo Expo in Portland, Oregon. And joining me here at the desk, we have Keegan from work. How you doing, Keegan? Good, man. Thank you. And, and not just generic work like you have a job to do, but W-U-R-K. And so what's up with work? What is work? Work is an HR payroll platform built specifically for the cannabis business owner. Okay. So we're helping business owners pay their employees, pay their taxes, track uh, labor down to the 280E level so that they can take advantage of 280E instead of being taken advantage of. So this is... Your software then would be advantageous in that it was built from the ground up specifically for cannabis as opposed to taking an existing thing and retrofitting it. Exactly, exactly, yep. What are some of the... uh what are some of the advantages of that, the differences that uh, we'd find between your software and maybe some of the other competitors? So, so we go uh, state by state understanding the, the regulatory framework, and then we build a solution for that state specifically. So, for instance, Colorado, they have the MED, the Marijuana Enforcement Division, uh, that everybody has to comply with. So we do things like tracking med badges, uh, connections to the MED. Uh, we're doing the 280E processing in the back end, so your employee clocks into a specific job that you can then take a deduction or not deduction on. Uh, so a lot of the things that are specific state by state is what we're in- incorporating into our solution. Hmm. So the solution here in Oregon would be different than the solution that's implemented in, in Colorado. And you mentioned that 280E deduction thing. Is this? Uh, let me see if I'm understanding it correctly, because 
The 280E deal is where they can't deduct cost of goods sold uh, because it's a Schedule One drug under the federal law. So the way that I've heard them, you know, uh, uh, retailers and, and people dealing with this is designating a certain portion of their business to other things that are not pot related. So this is how you're tracking the hours of someone working on the non thing versus Ab- the pot thing. Absolutely. So okay. so you can deduct labor as long as it's attached to production. Yeah. Which is a cost of goods sold. You cannot deduct to the selling of a scheduled one drug. Okay. So this would be you know without this. You might just be doing payroll for a guy that works eight hours that day, and you're getting hit on that full 280E thing, rather than saying, hey, look, he was only at the at the counter for an hour that day. He was doing exactly XYZ right. for the so, other seven hours. So we think about a bud tender, right? Yeah. Portion of his day is rolling joints. Yeah. That's creating a product. That's uh-huh. deductible expense. Yeah. Then he goes back to selling. That's not deductible. Okay. Right now, these business owners, are, are they have a labor cost, which is this amount of time per day, and then they're estimating how much of that labor is deductible. Sure. Then they're getting audited by the IRS, and the IRS is saying, well, you need to prove it to me. Yeah. And now these business owners don't have a way to prove it. Gotcha. So we've created a labor tracking tool that allows them to prove in the court of law that this labor has been uh, assigned to production tasks. How, uh, from the day-to-day operations aspect of it, is it a pain in the ass for the employee? Does he have to like swipe a card or clock in or push in a password at the at the till versus when he's in the back or how does that work? So he can do it from his mobile phone. Okay. So he can clock in and out from the phone. We geofence it to your location so they can only clock in or out from inside your building. <laughs> That's a good idea. We've got PCs, we've got tablets, we've got clocks on the wall. So it's very simple okay. um, for your employees to do it. Uh, and on the back end, you can save a lot of money because now you're able to duck this labor. Yeah, that that's a, a really uh, interesting aspect of this that I hadn't considered is trying to divvy up how what a pain in the butt it would be to try to divvy up who worked where at what time for how long. Exactly. Okay. And when you think about most businesses, let's say you make a million dollars and then you pay a million dollars in labor, you make zero money, zero dollars, right? And you right. pay zero tax on that money. Right. Now in the cannabis space, you make a million dollars, you pay a million dollars in labor, but you can only deduct half of that now. So yeah. you're paying tax when you made zero money that year. Right. So this is a way for them to take advantage of it, to at least get some deduction back and have an audit trail to back them up. What other aspects of the software should we tell people about? So we're doing full payroll fulfillment. So we pay your employees. We pay your taxes for you. Uh, we help you onboard your employees correctly. If you don't onboard your employees and capture the right information, uh, you could get fined by the Department of Labor or the Department of Homeland Security. Yeah. So there's a lot of compliance risk with managing employees, and we help automate that process for our customers. And I know the feds are still reticent on this issue to give us any sort of banking services and so forth. So does that prevent you from doing automated clearinghouse transactions or transfers or anything like that? So we're partnered with cannabis banks that we run payroll through. Okay. So it gives our customers a direct line to the banking channel. Uh, but we, bo- we offer both a banked and unbanked solution because some states don't have a bank yet. Right. So we still help the unbanked population calculate their payroll, calculate their taxes, and then give them an audit trail of paying individuals. So if there was ever a disgruntled employee try to sue you for unpaid wages, you now have proof that you did pay that person. And is this software, this is for both uh, uh, the states with adult legalization and medical? Yes. It works in medical? And we have built out the tax codes for every single state, all 50 states. So as states continue to come online, we're already prepared to service those guys. And I imagine... Are you guys having to hire any coders? Because we got like nine states are going to have votes this year. That's a big 
we are market growing. to open a ball at once, huh? Yeah, we are growing very fast. <laughs> <laughs> you have to have the California version, the Arizona version, and so on, right? Yep, exactly. Wow, that's amazing. All right, let's tell people how to get in touch with work, W-U-R-K, uh, all the online stuff and how they can find you. Exactly. The, the easiest way is our website, enjoywork.com, and that's E-N-J-O-Y-W-U-R-K.com. Right on. Well, Keegan, with work, thank you for stopping here, and, and thanks for helping these business owners to uh, save a bundle when they're having to deal with all this crazy <laughs> federal stuff for now. Thank you, Russ. All right. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more for the show. I'll get to all this sex on the television. I mean, I keep falling off. <laughs> Well, everybody, it is 420 in Denver, Colorado, and Cheyenne, Wyoming, and Las Cruces, New Mexico, for that matter, as well. So happy 420 to everybody out there in the Mountain Time Zone, and everywhere out there in the Stoner Time Zone where it doesn't matter what time it is. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, more from Indo Expo with Sharon Vance, a funny discussion with a great comedian right after this. Next to THC and CBD, you can now add CBR to your cannabis vernacular. CBR as in CannabisRadio.com. The smoke is rising, and the next crop of podcasts devoted to cannabis providers and enthusiasts are ready to be harvested. Welcome to the Cannabis Radio Network, founded by respected rainmakers who have been producing award-winning podcasts for over a decade. Industry headlines, business updates, medical reports, marketing, and e-commerce education rolled up perfectly for your consumption. Let's grow together. The Cannabis Radio Network. CannabisRadio.com You're not high. You're listening to the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. We need to build a wall. Okay. Maybe you're high, too. The Russ Belville Show is proudly sponsored by the Marijuana Business Association. The MJBA, called by NBC News the Cannabis Chamber of Commerce, is the fastest-growing business association in the fastest-growing industry in America. I've been working with the MJBA for years, and I personally invite you to join the MJBA. MJBA also publishes the popular MJ Headline News on Facebook and the MJNewsNetwork.com and Marijuana Channel 1 on YouTube. Visit MJBA.net for more details. The cannabis community is a diverse set of people from all walks of life. Conservative and liberal, black and white, straight and gay, rich and poor, and everyone in between. Learn more about the people we are freeing from adult cannabis prohibition in our Cannabis Community Chat. Welcome back, everybody. We are live at the Indo Expo in Portland, Oregon. I'm Radical Russ, and joining me here at the desk... We have Sharon Vance, a comedian from the Spokane area, is that yes, correct? Yes, currently, yes. And and you have a big hairy boner. I do. Would you like to touch my boner? Can, may I touch yes, your hairy boner? Yes, please touch my boner. Your, your boner is soft and hairy. Yeah, he's he's amazing. I love him so much. <laughs> We're talking about a wiener dog, by the way. Yes, a long-haired wiener dog. You have I, to add that. That's very rare. Yes, I know. I was going to say, it's like uh, usually these little Dachshund-type dogs are, you know, short hairs. Yeah, yeah, but he's the cutest. You see his little chest hair right here? Uh, uh-huh. So manly. 
Stanley and Regal. And and the the bow with the uh, British Union Jack uh, uh, did did Boner vote for Brexit? You know what? He <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. He actually got this for um, on the nineteenth. He's twelve now, oh, really? so this was for his birthday. It was ninety nine cents. Yeah, eighty four in dog years. Mm. <laughs> Oh my God! No, yes, I got it. That's sad. <laughs> so uh, you're here uh, at the Indo Expo, and this is like the the business to business day. So what's the business angle for you? Well, basically, we're just out here. We're trying to um, support the arts and comedy. Uh, we just did a week tour with Dirty Angel Entertainment. Shout out to Tyrone and Courtney. They um, did amazing. And I did three shows with them. And uh, the first night, I got really, really drunk. Yeah. Ended up in the parking lot with my shirt off. <gasps> yeah. What? Yeah. I, in my defense, I was in a corset. Okay. And I was ready for that thing to be off. I see. And I guess I was really drunk. <laughs> it's okay, though. I love how okay. those We were Ubering. Talk. Yes. Support the Uber, by the way. All right. So you <laughs> made your way down from the, the Palouse down here to uh, Portland. And uh, uh, what do you think so far? You know, I'm actually an Oregonian. Oh, you are? I am. Oh. Now we're talking. All I right. like how you just, like, went forward on that. Good yeah, try. born and raised. Springfield, Oregon, born. You know? All right. Yeah. Well, see, there we go. So yeah. what took you up to Spokane then? Um, I've done a lot since I left Oregon. I decided to move to Texas with my parents for high school. Graduated from there, um, recommended, and then went back to Oregon for dental assisting school. Did yeah. that. Then went back to Texas, joined the military after a while, did some jobs. Yeah, did military police, 31 Bravo, huh? <laughs> with the Army. Yes. I was telling her I was a zero two kilo. That's Army bassoon player. <laughs> And I love it. I was like... I'm telling you, between 1985 and 1990, not a single Soviet musician invaded America. That's on me, baby. Oh, baby, let me... (laughs) Thank you for your service. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I I worked really hard. I love it. Um, I do want to give a shout-out to Jamie right there. That Jamie, that sexy woman right there. That's Dee. And we got Salsa. I came up here with my crew. Jamie's been doing this for, like, seven years. She saw something in me. Yeah. I've been doing this for, like, three months. It's Yeah, yeah. See, I I admire that so much because I've always had an affinity for stand-up comedy. I'm a kid that grew up uh, with uh, the uh, Robin Williams albums, uh, Reality, What a Concept, uh, uh, Steve Martin, you know, Wild and Crazy Guy, Let's Get Small, all that. Mm -hmm. So I loved stand-up comedy, George Carlin especially. Mm -hmm. But it always terrified me to think of actually doing it. Yeah. I prepared my whole life for this. That's the way I felt. The first night I did stand-up. Um, at Spokane Comedy Club. I mean, I was on a high. I, I've never felt that great in my life. Yeah. Um, you know, I like to sing. I've always sang. I always felt like I should be on stage. I always did theater, choir, all that kind of stuff. But never like this. It's yeah. something else. It's a high. It's great. Speaking of high. Yes, uh, let's talk about that. Cannabis, marijuana, oh, gauge, God. ganja, I jive, love it. Herb, I've been doing it since grass. middle school. Thank you, Jessica, for a second. So you were. You Can were we a, talk dirty on this? Oh, the fuck yeah! Oh yeah, my friend Jessica in like <laughs> elementary school. She started sucking dick to get it, and I didn't have to do that. I got wait, it for wait, free. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah, back up. Yeah, elementary school. Oh, dude, my stories are crazy. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, you want me on your two-hour show, I guy? So. I'm telling you, <laughs> I love it. But I didn't have to suck dick. Don't worry. But I do love to do that. I am bisexual. I love it all. I am very raw. I also like the raw. The raw cones. Oh, the do papers. We, oh, okay. Yeah. What do you smoke out of when you do your two-hour shows? Like, uh, what do you smoke? Whatever's closest. 
So can we generally a bong? Sometimes I roll joints. So uh, can I bring pen. stuff too for oh, us to smoke and shit? Absolutely. Like top shelf. Yeah, that's all I do. It's yeah. like. When I go out, I took myself on a date the other day, right? Because okay. I'm single. Okay. And, um, and I like it that way, actually. Divorce. Okay. I went through that, too. Yeah. yeah. I've been there, done that. Sentence is over. <laughs> you know? He liked pussy, too. But I it see. wasn't mine. It wasn't <laughs> other women, either. It was pussycats. Can you believe that? No. Yeah. And he had to take Viagra. Oh, no. Yeah. Do I look old? I, uh, that is a question a man knows not to answer. Okay, well... You should answer that no with me, okay? No. Okay, thank you. Anyways, but he was the same age, so if that tells you anything. Yeah. That's war, though. That's war. He's a he's also a disabled veteran. I give him a shout-out. I, I But I do use him as a pun for all my jokes. <laughs> well, not all of them. I'm better than that. So are you are you uh, appearing here in town? Are you doing So we shows? actually just did a week event, okay. and we did so well they want us back. So, awesome. yeah, Dirty Angel Entertainment, I, I give a thanks to them for seeing what what we see, yeah. yeah, what we bring. All right, so Sharon, tell people how to find you, to contact you if they want to be your buddies on the internet or anything. God, I feel like I'm going to be famous. Or, well, wait, I already am famous. I'm a, right. But I feel like I'm going to be more famous just for knowing you and sitting next to you. So thank oh, you sure. for this opportunity. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so you can actually contact me on Facebook or Instagram or Snapchat. I keep it real simple. Everything is Sharon SJV. So Sharon, S-H-A-R-O-N, Sierra, Juliet, and Victor. So hit it up, guys. Guys, follow me, please, and share it. I'm a disabled vet. I have a dog named Boner. I'm a comedian. I've done it all, baby. Master of all and doctor of none. <laughs> right on. You Thank it? you so much, Sharon. Thank you. Livening up the day here at Let's the go Indo smoke. Expo. We're going to go smoke. Let's do this. We'll be right I'm back excited. after this. Bye, guys. Thank you. Lots of fun at the Indo Expo this weekend at the Portland Expo Center. And we'll have plenty more of those interviews coming up through the rest of this week, as well as some of our regularly scheduled interview guests. Coming up tomorrow, we'll be speaking with Nick Heiss from Denver Relief Consulting. He's going to tell us about the latest uh, sale to Willie's Reserve. Then we've got uh, Doug Fine for our Hemp Day Hump Day coming up on Wednesday. And on Thursday, another Cops Say Legalized Drugs segment. We're off Friday because I'm making my way to Boise, Idaho for the Boise Hemp Fest. So uh, <laughs> wish me luck. Cross my fingers. We're right back, right after this, with Dr. Mitch. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. Keep your cannabis cravings under control. Feed your mind with CannabisRadio.com. The cannabis industry is growing. Business is booming. And as new opportunities arise in newly legalized states, each market is getting more competitive. Today, it takes more than just being a good grower. Do you have the resources to market and handle this ever-changing business landscape? Let Canna Management Corporation help you grow your cannabis business with our vast resources and experience to make your business a fully functional service company. Financial management, HR, sales, marketing, efficiency, and more. CMC has the experience and the expertise to improve your business and help you better meet the demands of your clients and customers. Call Canna Management Corporation and let our team get you ready to grow. 
415-269-8015. That's 415-269-8015. Or visit canna-management.com. Hi, I'm Montel Williams. Most of you know me as a talk show host, but I'm also an author, actor, single father of four, avid snowboarder, and I'm also a medical marijuana patient. Living with multiple sclerosis, I'm in pain every day. Medical marijuana is my last resort, and it helps me when all other drugs have failed. If you'd like more information about medical marijuana, you can contact the Marijuana Policy Project at mpp.org or call 1-877-JOIN-MPP. You're not high. You're listening to the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. You're going to find really wonderful, well-meaning, well-spoken people, and then people that are just batshit crazy. Okay, maybe you're high, too. New beginner guitars and banjos are often constructed much better than ones built before your time. Why struggle? Get a new instrument or fix the old one. The trusted professionals at the Fingerboard Extension will evaluate your instrument for free. Repairs are priced for people who work for a living. Stop by the Fingerboard Extension downtown Corvallis at 120 Northwest 2nd Street today or check out its inventory on the web at fingerboardextension.com. It's time for the Russ Belleville Show's Cannabis Q&A with Dr. Mitch Earlywine. Dr. Earlywine is a professor of psychology at the State University of New York at Albany and a leading author and researcher on cannabinoids and health who pins the Ask Dr. Mitch column for High Times Magazine. Get your questions ready in our live chat or call in to 971-533-7111 now. Welcome back, everybody. Time for our cannabis community chat. We've got Dr. Mitch on the Skype line. How are you doing, Dr. Mitch? Having a great day, thanks. Oh, me too. It's a little cloudy out here in Portland, and we just got done with the Indo Expo last weekend, so recovering from after parties and the such, but uh, recovering pretty well. I think it's going to be a good day. We've got all sorts of great things to bring up in today's segment, and I want to start with this. Uh, I-, I was going to do the data mining segment on this, and then I decided, nope, let's talk about it with Dr. Mitch. The new Gallup poll shows 13% of Americans say they are using current tense marijuana up from 7% back in 2013. Dr. Mitch, what do you make of these numbers? In all honesty, I think it's probably always been 15% and just people are getting more and more comfortable talking to a Gallup interviewer and saying, yes, indeed, I do enjoy the plant. But unfortunately, I'm I'm worried that folks are going to say, look, ah, marijuana use has doubled when in fact it's not really the case. It's, it's what we say a lot about a lot of these uh, stats that we hear. Oh, there's more kids being reported to the emergency room, more dogs being reported to the vet. Yeah, being reported because now you don't go to jail for reporting it. So that's uh, that's what we think is going on here to some extent. Oh, I mean, if you think of the old days about literally anything else that was a controversial behavior and then when it lost some of its controversy, people were much more willing to admit to doing it, I think this is really, really the case with this as well. How do these figures jibe with what we've heard regarding uh, the use by young people remaining steady? Well, what's curious to me is there was actually a, a basically this unmatched count technique where people could could say that they did something without actually having to to confess to it. 
and, and we're finding that those are staying pretty steady. The use by young people staying steady seems uh, pretty pretty consistent with the idea that uh, they've been kind of honest all along. There was actually some uh, slight exaggeration. There were you know areas where it was kind of cool to say you'd smoked cannabis even if you hadn't. And so we're finally getting uh, some of that impact to, to decrease. And then, I mean, I know it's a segue to the eighth graders in the medical cannabis states actually saying cannabis is more dangerous. Uh, I feel like the implications for those folks are really different for confessing to use compared to adults. Yeah, that was this other study that, that came up that uh, says that the passage of medical marijuana laws led to an increase in the youngest kids finding marijuana or perceiving marijuana uh, to be harmful. Could that be they just now they understand it's a medicine and just medicines in general are things that kids aren't supposed to be around or, or just more I, education? I think that's that's a reasonable uh, explanation. I'm also curious. Uh, I wish that they could ask a little more detail on this because I think perceptions of dependence for young people, which you know is is a genuine issue, if that's what they're uh, you know viewing the danger as, I, I, I'm not upset about this at all. And I certainly hope that folks who have been banging the drum repeatedly that medical marijuana laws are going to turn teens uh, in the state into uh, motivational zombies is is clearly not not an issue at all. In fact, I think that there's a nice potential buffer here with that association with medical use, as you mentioned. We have a question from our live chat room that asks uh, about a, T a statement here. THC is a dopamine reuptake inhibitor. Is that a true statement? A dopamine reuptake inhibitor? inhibitor? Yeah. No. Um, there's a modest increase in dopamine release, but way downstream. So it's not like cocaine or Adderall or uh, any of those drugs, but you do get a, a modest increase in dopamine release after exposure to THC, but it's, it's extremely small. Okay. Uh, next, this study, uh, I, I talked about it last week and I found it to be Confirmed a lot of things I've done through uh, personal study, let's say, uh, on the effects of marijuana versus booze on young people and sex. Uh, what did you get from this study that we didn't already know? <laughs> I, I mean, I gave Joey Palomar uh, a ton of trouble about this, and he's a delightful guy. If you want to ask him personally on the, on the show, I think he'd get a kick out of it. But they just did extensive interviews really trying to get a feel for these subjective effects and how they differ as you can imagine, NIDA's not going to fund something like this anytime soon. Yeah. So I, I really got to hand it to him for not only being bold enough to actually gather these data, but to publish it in such a great journal. The uh, uh, Yeah, NIDA's just gotten around to allowing them to get volunteers for a PTSD study on veterans and medical marijuana. I don't see the uh, college-age sex study coming anytime soon. Sad but true, sad but true. Uh, you know, what I thought was interesting about the study uh, is it really seemed to be much more um, uh, anti-alcohol, if you're going to you know, phrase it that way, I guess. But as far as, you know, if you're looking for a good sexual experience, stay away from alcohol and maybe take up the marijuana. Any chance that college kids are, are making that conscious choice? I, I think there's definitely a subset. It's, it's curious because the, the whole behavior of college students and – and sex uh, actually seems to reflect, 
how surprised they are that they're getting to have any. <laughs> well, I think you just nailed my college experience. <laughs> All right, let's get to this next uh, study. More of a story that was in Alternate that, you know, we uh, primarily focus on cannabis on this show, but there is a new sort of a revival of interest in psychedelic drugs, not just for their medical uses, but also for some spiritual enlightenment. Uh, what do you think about this? Uh, is this the new tune-in, turn-in, drop-out generation happening b- before our eyes? What's curious is I, I attribute a lot of this to ayahuasca, that which you really didn't have in the 60s and 70s, and this notion that, hey, this is a, a, an opportunity to, in a very fixed, potentially safe setting, explore you know your perception of your own thoughts and feelings and it seems like the negative consequences have been really small in part because uh, ayahuasca is, is hard to get and really demands a lot of the user so you don't see people doing lsd and throwing up and having to really deal with some of the some of the alternative physical effects and so people who are into it are pretty committed to the whole idea. Roland Griffiths has also gathered a lot of data on this, suggesting that people really do say, hey, this is a spiritual experience. Um, my student, though, um, one of my students basically has data suggesting that edibles are also pretty much in line with this. And uh, we're waiting for Roland to publish his before we publish ours. But the big idea is, hey, we're, we're open to these we know how to do harm reduction if we set up a, a good set and setting for these hallucinogens. And people claim literally years later that they got a lot out of it. Hmm. Uh, what do we know just uh, basically on some of these hallucinogens and the, their known medicinal properties? I've heard things like you know MDMA for counseling and LSD for alcoholism, for instance. It's funny because the the ability to get those published has been so impaired and being able to get large samples and approval from ethics boards has been just terrible. So Ibogaine for the opiate addicts has a compelling set of really effusive case studies, but we don't really have that randomized clinical trial that we need in part because, you know, NIDA won't give the approval. IRBs at universities are afraid they'll lose their other funding if they, you know, let people lay this out. But we're seeing uh, some pretty compelling evidence that MDMA can enhance empathy, would be potentially an ideal way to facilitate couples therapy. What a surprise. And that uh, LSD and alcoholism goes all the way back to Tim Leary days. But a lot of folks really do attribute their uh, essential decrease of alcohol consumption to a pretty, you know, heartfelt experience with this hallucinogen. I, I see no reason to, to put this aside. It doesn't have the addictive potential that, you know, even caffeine has. So we ought to take advantage of this any way we can. Yeah, I, I'm interested in, in seeing how this gets expanded, <laughs> uh, pardon the pun, as we uh, continue on. And maybe, and maybe the uh, relaxation of, of cannabis and its schedule and the further study on cannabis will help open the doors towards uh, studying some of these other substances that are, as you say, non-toxic. There is no uh, realistic LD50 for some of these uh, substances, correct? 
Absolutely, yeah. All right, let's uh, let's talk about this. I, I brought this up on the show last week as well, and I was interested to talk to you about this, especially in your role uh, on the normal board and how this affects cannabis consumers. But it's a, a ruling by OSHA or a regulation that OSHA put together, the Occupational Safety Health Administration, on uh, mandatory reporting of workplace injuries. And a little aside to that was – if you have a drug testing uh, regime that might dissuade people from reporting, then you got to adjust your drug test regime. What does this mean for those of us who might have jobs where there's post-accident drug testing? If I'm reading this correctly, they're essentially trying to loosen things up so that if there is post-accident drug testing – yeah, it does. It does have the potential to uh, turn into a complaint against the employee, but if it looks like it's some kind of retaliation for reporting the accident, that OSHA will actually make it so that they'll investigate retaliation, even if the employee doesn't complain about the retaliation. Yeah. So I think they're trying to get a feel for genuine accidents and for you know drug related accidents, but they're also trying to make sure that folks don't have to feel like they're risking their job and their livelihood by doing so. Yeah, I, I tried to find a number of sources on this. And, and this weekend, I, I tried to talk to some of the HR professionals at the Indo Expo that this was so new, they weren't even really up on it. But from what I was gathering on this, it, it seemed like if you're the guy who drives the forklift and runs over a guy's foot, you're going to get drug tested. But if you're the guy whose foot got ran over, then if there's a chance that drug testing looks like we're trying to, oh, we're going to get Bob because we know he's a stoner, but really Bob was just standing there and got his foot run over, maybe that's where this comes in. We'll, we'll see if we could find some uh, HR experts to get on the show and talk about this because it, it's fascinating to me. I appreciate you bringing it up. Yeah, let's, uh, let's wind things up here real quickly. A Seattle bar, this is just in the news, is offering customers these date rape drug testing kits. Uh, real quick, this is just a, a really good harm reduction idea I thought I'd get your uh, input on. It's funny because these have been a lot out since at least the early 90s, and I'm, I'm dying to see these get more accessible. A lot of the women uh, in college age seemed kind of apprehensive about using them or carrying them around or anything like that. So I'm hoping that uh, these will be a little more subtle, something you could do uh, in without seeming like you're accusing the guy who just bought you a drink <laughs> of, of being a rapist. And and I think the potential is, is really strong here. So I, I hope this becomes uh, a big trend. All right. Dr. Mitch is the host of Burning Issues here on CannabisRadio.com. Make sure to check that podcast out. And if you want to get your questions answered in a uh, private sort of way, you can do so through email. Just send an email to 420research at gmail.com. Dr. Mitch, thanks for joining us again, and we'll talk to you next week. We'll talk to you then. All right, stay tuned. we got more from the Indo Expo coming up next. Ever wonder what it's like to be a professional marijuana strain reviewer? We speak to one. Sohum is his name from The Cannabis. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. From dabs to chibas, sativas to indicas, we roll out a whole concentrate of fresh new content every week. It's like going from the greenhouse to the dispensary. CannabisRadio.com <sighs> Cash? Sorry. 
I don't carry around cash, and I don't want to use the ATM and pay surcharges. You don't need to carry cash. Haven't you heard about PayQuick? Okay, tell me about PayQuick. It's the safe and easy way to pay. It works just like your debit card to securely pay for your purchase, and it gives you rewards points every time you use it. Nice. PayQuick, the safe and easy way to pay. P-A-Y-Q-W-I-C-K dot com. You're not high. You're listening to the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. They're bringing drugs. They're bringing crime. They're rapists. And some, I assume, are good people. Okay. Maybe you're high, too. Previously on the Stoner Jesus Show. St. Paul's doing good work. It's my Greg, you're a poontang. If I can use a medical term. Yes. <laughs> the New England Medical Journal. Oh, my That's God. That's right. Well, you can call me Dr. St. Paul now. Dr. St. Paul. I don't think I will. No. (laughs) (laughs) You you wouldn't even qualify to be a vet. I'm a special kind of vet. I'll make him less lonely. The Stoner Jesus Show. Live Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. Or find the Stoner Jesus Show podcast on demand at CannabisRadio.com and StonerJesus.net. Peace, bitches. This is Dan Michaels from danmichaelsaudio.com, and you're listening to Radical Russ on CannabisRadio.com. Get Dot Buzz. Dot Buzz is the internet platform that fuels community interest, excitement, and new experiences. Dot Buzz is the premier online destination for internet users seeking the latest news on a variety of topics. Dot Buzz appeals to groups active in blogging, communications, journalism, advertising, and marketing. DotBuzz offers registrants a stronger alternative to the shrinking namespace of existing top-level domain names, such as .com, .net, and .org. Get your name now at get.buzz. They say marijuana grows like a weed, but growing high-quality marijuana takes more than just throwing a seed in the ground. Join us as we speak with the most recognized cannabis horticulturists in the world and take your live grow questions in our Cultivator's Corner. Welcome back, everybody. Radical Russ here with CannabisRadio.com at Portland's Indo Expo 2016. And joining us at the desk, we have Sohum. How you doing? Oh, got to turn your mic up. I keep forgetting that. I'm doing well, Russ. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. And you're with the Denver Post and The Cannabist, is that correct? I am. I'm a freelance uh, pot critic for the Denver Post. What a wonderful job to have. How did oh, you get yeah. that job? Um, uh, I guess the bottom of it would be just persistence. I yeah. really wanted it. I kept pestering uh, the editor, more or less, until, uh, until he gave me a shot and gave him a writing sample and then uh, went from there. How long have you been doing this now? Uh, just around a year now, probably this week, actually. Any estimate to how many strains you've reviewed? Probably between 15 and 20. Uh, yeah. I've done, I think I'm the only one who's done reviews from both Washington and Denver uh, cannabis, and then okay. picked up a couple of grams up here yesterday at a shop, so uh, hopefully should have some good Oregon ones coming out soon. So as a professional uh, critic of cannabis, what are, like, the top three things you see that are deal breakers that so you go, eh, that's out of here. Um, it's usually if it's if it, the emphasis being placed off of potency alone, and you can tell that the product wasn't you know trimmed properly, or if it wasn't cured, or if it smells like hay, or it looks like they heat dried it. There's light burn on it, stuff like that. I just don't want. And then obviously any type of pest or 
p.m. if you see that. Yeah. You don't want to be putting that in your body. Right on, right on. Uh, you know, a lot of people have their favorites. I'm sure you have certain favorite strains. Uh, what are some that you particularly enjoyed? Yeah, so, I mean, Durban Poison is ah, my all-time oh all time favorite strain. So <laughs> that's, that's me, too. <laughs> it's what, it was actually the first one that, uh, that I used as a writing sample yeah. to get hired by the cannabis. Uh, there was a really good cut of it uh, that was grown by Good Chemistry down in Denver. Um, so that, that's my all-time favorite. Uh, another one is definitely the Jilly Bean. Uh, that's Jilly Bean. That one's kind of hit or miss. A lot of people don't don't quite like the the really citrusy, the kind of bitter grapefruit taste that you yeah. get out of it. But I, I love it, and it's it's a nice stimulating smoke. Yeah, I, I found you know with Durban Poison for me, I, I write as well, and uh, big best cure for writer's block ever. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. And I mean, it's good not just for uh, you know intellectual work; it's good for physical work, or you know. You know, have a smoke a nice joint before you go play kickball or softball or something like that, or go work out. I, I love it. It really just gets me jacked up. It's like a, it's like a cup of or a shot of espresso in the morning. So, a lot of folks out there are going to know those popular types of strains. How about a strain that kind of caught you by surprise? A dark horse, an underdog that like nobody knows about. And you're like, hey, you got to pay attention to this. This one's up and coming. Absolutely. I guess uh, the one, and maybe it's more well-known in the in the Pacific Northwest, but being from the Colorado scene, I hadn't seen it before. It's called UW Herp. Uh-huh. Um, it was just, it was beautiful. It was frosty. The, the, the deep, dark hues of purple in it were beautiful, and... Um, it was a knockout, man. It was it was a knockout strain. It put me on my ass. <laughs> Fantastic. That's one of the side effects of having this job, huh? Oh, yeah. That's great. So there's something going on here at this event. This It's called the Grow Off. Is this the name of it? Yep. Yeah, so it's not happening at Indo, but it's something we're running in Colorado. It's myself okay. and Jake Brown, who is uh, the other cannabis critic. Um, you might recognize his name from Rolling Papers, uh, the documentary that just came out about yes, the cannabis. Yes. Um, basically, what we're doing is we're trying to provide a more controlled type of cannabis cultivation competition so not quite like the high times cup or anything like that where people are growing their own variety or their own strain um, donating a certain amount and then people are smoking it and deciding which one they like the best yeah Um, we're actually having everyone being manifested cuttings from the same mother plant within the metric system in colorado within the regulatory framework wow and everyone is expected to grow that's that same cut until they harvest it, and then we're sending everything to a lab for analytical testing and awarding prizes based off terpene content, cannabinoid content, and yield. See, that seems so much more fair to me because it always seemed to be like a growing competition, the typical uh, harvest cups and such. Uh, it's like having a, 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 a cooking competition, and one guy gets to make pizza, and the other guy gets to make oatmeal. Exactly. It's like, that's not fair. It doesn't make sense. What are you so, comparing? So apples and oranges. with the same genetics, the same clone, yep. and then we can really see who's flushing it right, who's growing exactly. it right. And uh, one of the other cool things is our, our genetics partner, Dark Horse Genetics. Uh, they've been working on stabilizing this particular strain for about two years, um, and it's never been released in the market. So nobody's ever grown it before except the people that bred it. Um, so nobody has an advantage. We're not telling anybody, anybody what strains were bred into it, what the name of it is, anything like that. So it's, you get this cutting. It'll be called the Grow Offs 2016 strain or whatever, and you grow it out, and then we're going to send it to a lab. Um, and... It's kind of fun being the, the two cannabis critics from the Denver Post that are saying, you know what, even though we get paid to smoke cannabis and write about it, you know, smoking something is not a truly objective evaluation of something. Right. As much as I would enjoy smoking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so uh, in my travels, I've kind of noticed regional differences, some, some 
you know, Pacific Northwest, we like our sativas because it's cold and rainy all the time. Yeah. Uh, Southern California, like the cushions because they want to get baked, you know, couch locked on the beach. Oh, yeah. Uh, in Colorado, are there regional differences like between the mountains and the plains, the east and the west? Anything like that? Um, I haven't noticed a whole lot of it just yet, but I have seen some really interesting... Uh, some of the, the hybrids are, are a little bit heavier, but you find as you get at higher altitude, you see a couple more like kind of sativa varieties down south in Pueblo where there, there's kind of a cultivation center happening there. Um, but I think that brings up an interesting point. I, I think that we're probably about five years out from a whole new uh, you know, generation of land-raised genetics. Yeah. You think about how, uh, how cannabis has been hybridized over the past 20 or 30 years um, and grown in a controlled environment inside the artificial lighting and artificial grow medium. Um, and now we're finally able to get back with legalization to sun and soil growing, which is how a plant should be grown. Yeah. Um, and as, as we see that, I think people will start to pull hybrid varieties that don't necessarily grow in that particular environment, whether it's in Oregon or whether it's in you know the Yakima Valley east of the Cascades or whether it's in southern Colorado or wherever it is. Um, and they'll be focused on growing just the ones that fit that sun yeah. and soil, those sun and soil conditions. Um, you know, after a couple generations of growing those same strains, that is basically a new land race. So I'm, I'm really excited to see where uh, where the future of genetics is. Yeah, and especially as we find how different strains will uh, thrive in a high-altitude environment with this type of soil versus the low-altitude environment with a more loamy type of soil, whatever it might exactly. be. Exactly. And then we'll get start to get some regional appellations uh, oh, yeah. and start to understand that. That's really exciting. Is there anything else you want to tell our audience? I mean, there's so much we could talk about here. No, I mean, I'm, I'm excited to be here. I hope uh, I hope everyone else is, too, and uh, thanks well, for having me on the well, show. Well, let's tell people how to get involved in this competition if they want to get involved in that. Absolutely. So right now, uh, we're only open to recreational uh, grow facilities in Colorado. Uh, we want to be out here in Oregon uh, early next year doing our first Oregon competition. Uh, if you're a rec grower in Colorado, you can check out thegrowoff.com or uh, send me an email, sohum at thegrowoff.com. Uh, and we'll go ahead and get you the the application to get in. Um, only got about a week left to apply, so uh, get in there. And if you're interested in in our future competitions in other states, be it Washington or Oregon, uh, make sure to visit the website and get on our mailing list. We'll make sure to keep you in the loop with all that. All right, thegrowoff.com. This is Sohum, S-O-H-U-M, at thegrowoff.com. We can also find you at thecannabis.co. Yep, thecannabis.co. You look under some of the strain reviews, you'll see some of mine. Um, There's also a piece I wrote about uh, smoking hash in in India. Um, Did an interview with Sublime in Rome a a couple weeks ago. Cool. uh, Any of those are mine. Right on. Well, Sohum, thanks for dropping by and telling us all about this. This Thank you so much for having me, Russ. Appreciate it. All right, we're back with more right after this. Stay tuned, everyone. We are live at the Indo Expo. That was recorded at the Indo Expo just this weekend. It was a great show, uh, about 250 different exhibitors, and they had all sorts of panels going on upstairs. I didn't get to go to a single one of them. I was uh, captive at the Cannabis Radio Lounge with all these uh, interviews we did. We uh, recorded 27 interviews over the span of the two-day event, and it ran uh, 10 to 6 on Saturday, 10 to 4 on Sunday, and uh, we'll have those posted up on my SoundCloud sometime, probably by this weekend. Uh, so if you were one of the interviewees or you'd like to re-listen to one of these interviewees or paste them into your social media accounts or your web blogs, wherever you want to put it, uh, we'll have that up for you just as soon as possible. You can always email me too. RadicalRuss at gmail.com. I'm great at fulfilling these requests and your links to previous shows and interviews if you can use them. 
It helps me if you're spreading that stuff around. So be glad to help you out. Uh, I particularly enjoyed that interview with Soham, uh, somebody who gets paid to sample marijuana strains and write about them. And uh, we could have gone much longer in that interview. He was a great guy. We've got some other great interviews from the Indo Expo coming up here in this next hour. Uh, we spoke with Drew, who came over from the Gary Johnson campaign. The Johnson Weld 2016 Libertarian Ticket had a nice booth there at the Indo Expo and had a couple of their representatives stop by to speak. We, we spoke to one of them. He'll come up uh, first thing in our first segment next hour. In our second segment, we spoke with Jonah from MRX Labs. We get into the ins and outs of extraction technology. And then we close out third segment, David from Willamette Valley Aquaponics. Not hydroponics, aquaponics. It involves fish. It's a very interesting talk. I learned a whole bunch. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. That's all the time we got for hour one. Like I said, hour two is next. And don't forget, Stoner Jesus comes up live on CannabisRadio.com right after this next hour. Five o'clock Pacific, eight o'clock Eastern time. For everyone here at CannabisRadio.com, I'm Radical Russ. Thanks for joining us. And until next time, take care of each other, tokers. This is the Russ Belleville Show. The Russ Belleville Show is blogging and podcasting daily at RadicalRuss.com. You take a seed, you plant it, you grow it, you giant, you roll it, you smoke it. You take a seed, you plant it, you grow it, you giant, you roll it, you smoke it. You take a seed, you plant it, you grow it, you giant, you roll it, you smoke it, and it goes down to It's time for Toker Talk Radio, the voice of the marijuana nation. What are you people? On dope? Or you can tow. I am here. Uh, or you can talk. I experimented with marijuana and didn't inhale. Or you can talk and talk. Ten federal criminal penalties for possession of up to one ounce of marijuana. While we talk about toke on Toker Talk Radio. So, by the way, when it comes to pot, you know, if you're 40 years old, you live in a log cabin in Oregon, you got 12 giant pot plants in your backyard, have a ball. Live from beautiful Portland, Oregon, at Rolla J Studios. Plus your calls live at 971-533-7111. They're walking on their pants with their cap on backwards, listening to the enema man and Snoopy Snoopy Poop Dog. What's to keep somebody from getting all potted up on weed and then getting behind the wheel? Gateway theory doesn't work. It's a reality. Holland, is it real? Don't tease me. We're locking up people that take a couple of puffs of marijuana, and, and the, the next thing you know, they got 10 years. And now, here's your host, the guru of ganja graphics, the sultan of sativa statistics, and the worst nightmare of a reefer mad prohibitionist. A polite, perspicacious, productive pothead with a propensity for PowerPoint. Radical Russ Belleville. Welcome back, everybody. Time for Hour 2, Topher Talk Radio. We've returned from the Indo Expo. 
in Portland, Oregon. Big old trade show here. And uh, made some new friends. I got a stack of business cards about an inch thick. Got those all entered into my Google contacts this morning. If you're one of those interviewees and you're listening, thanks for joining us here on the live stream. And remember, the special I was offering everyone at the show is still in effect for the next week. If you'd like to advertise or sponsor the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com, just send me an email, RadicalRuss at gmail.com. You could be one of the ads that uh, get played throughout my podcast. And let me tell you, my listeners listen to these ads and they support the advertisers and sponsors who help to make this show popular. They are very uh, loyal, let me tell you. Uh, I spoke to one listener at the uh, show who uh, <laughs> you ever? I, I, I don't. How, how can I bring this up without it sounding like a humble brag? I, I just want to relay the experience, and I don't want you to think I'm all full of myself. But this, you ever have a situation where someone's complimenting you, and it's just like one compliment too many, <laughs> and you're kind of getting like embarrassed, like ah, geez. Well, anyway, nice fella, and I, I apologize because his name escapes me at the moment because uh, I've smoked a bit of weed. Uh, but <laughs> he was just so nice and said, oh, you do such a professional job and I love your show and very informative and you really well – and it, like every just kept going and going. And it was really nice, a very, very nice fella. But it was one of those situations where you're like, geez, okay, okay. <laughs> I, I, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, but he brought a bunch of folks over, brought a bunch of uh, advertising uh, or possible sponsors over. We'll be uh, talking to them and uh, emailing back and forth. And anyway, he uh, as he was talking to me, he said uh, – so, so who's that uh, that company that 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 advertises the guitars? <laughs> I'm like, oh, fingerboard extension. He goes, yeah. That, that do they do like mail order? Or are they like an international shipper or something? Or are they just like a, a store in Corvallis, Oregon? I go, yeah, they're they're just a store in Corvallis. Yeah, they just uh, the owner of the store has been a big supporter of mine for a long time and keeps buying advertising. I. I couldn't tell you if it's helped get one guitar sold or, or, or repaired, but I appreciate the support. And I like the fact that you've listened to the show so long, you knew that it was the fingerboard extension in Corvallis, Oregon. <laughs> so the advertising's work is that advertising works is what I'm trying to tell you here. Folks that listen to the Russ Belleville show are the high end, if you'll pardon the pun, of your cannabis aficionados, your uh, movement leaders in local chapters of Normal, in SSDP, in uh, various cannabis-related organizations, even at the national level. Some of the uh, best bloggers and reporters out there are listening, and some of the best lawyers and uh, judges even, I know, are listening to this show. So you got a pretty eclectic audience and the kind of audience that is serious about this, not just as hey, I like to smoke pot and get high, but they're serious about this as a culture, as a movement, and a new industry. So if you'd like to advertise or sponsor the Russ Belleville Show, and if you'd like to know what the difference is, uh, just send me an email, radicalrus at gmail.com. All right, we are going to take a break, and when we come back, we get our first of three interviews from the Indo Expo in Portland, Oregon. Do a little politics with Drew from the Gary Johnson campaign. I talked to him about Gary Johnson and Bill Weld's appearance on CNN in the Libertarian Town Hall and the chances of getting to 15% in the polls so that they can make the debate and what is the Libertarian pathway to 270 electoral votes. That's coming up right after these messages from our loyal sponsors. 
This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. Legal to listen to all over the world. We're just not sure about France. CannabisRadio.com. The next generation of vaporizers has arrived. Vuber vaporizers are blazing the way with unparalleled technology for oil, concentrate, or dry flower pens. Providing unsurpassed customer service and expert craftsmanship, Vuber vaporizers use cutting-edge technology, providing a power-packed, smoother vapor with a lifetime guarantee. Experience vaporizing the way it was meant to be, the Vuber way. Chong is ready to cut through the smoke and change the tone of Tilk Radio. Hey, this is Tommy Chong. This is Radon on the other mic. Yes, the eldest. And we saw, it was called uh, Dying to Know. It's a love story between Ram Dass and Tim Leary. Yeah, the gay Jew and uh, Tim. (laughs) But he wasn't gay when he was a professor. He didn't know. That must have been a shock to his wife. The one time he, like, met a vagina. (laughs) (laughs) The Tommy Chong Podcast. Only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome to my world. You're tuned into the Russ Belleville Show, the voice of the marijuana nation. Only on CannabisRadio.com. Are you playing an acoustic guitar but want to be louder without an amp? Try a resonator guitar. The fingerboard extension has national resophonic and other resonators, square necks and round necks. Stop by the Fingerboard Extension downtown Corvallis at 120 Northwest 2nd Street today or check out its inventory on the web at fingerboardextension.com. Go wild hog in the woods. Pod 2.0. It's not your father's Woodstock weed. This is the Rush Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. All right, welcome back, everybody. We are live at the Indo Expo 2016 Portland, Oregon at the Expo Center. I'm Radical Russ with CannabisRadio.com and the Russ Belleville Show. And we have our first guest here live at the desk. We're going to talk a little bit about politics with Drew Leda. He's with the Gary Johnson for President campaign. Drew, welcome to the show. Try that. Try that again. Well, thank you very much. Where is he? There he is. Wasn't plugged in. All right. Well, thank you very much for having me on. They work better when they're plugged in, I've discovered. So uh, the Gary Johnson campaign, this is kind of, uh, politically speaking, a perfect storm for a third party, for libertarians. We've got the Democrats nominating Hillary Clinton, the Republicans nominating uh, Donald Trump, the two most disliked presidential nominees from the major parties ever. Gary Johnson and Governor Weld were just on the, the, the CNN town hall. Tell us what's the latest in the uh, Gary Johnson campaign and how you feel about this opportunity. Well, the uh, Gary Johnson campaign has been picking up a lot of steam over the past couple days, uh, which is actually very easy when you have two opponents whose plan is to threaten you with each other. <laughs> um, we've been getting a lot more media exposure uh, on the national stage and events like this, really, that... Uh, that lay down why Gary's plan is a good one, because places like this outline Gary's plan. You exercise personal liberties, then you make your own job, and then you free a market. 
So uh, the uh, roadblocks that are established right now, for people that don't know, uh, used to be we had the League of Women Voters that ran the debates. And it was kind of all the way up through 88, I think it was. It was through 88 during the uh, George H.W. Bush and uh, Michael Dukakis race. There we go. And then the Democrats and the Republicans kind of took it over. The League of Women Voters dropped it. They took over, formed a debate commission, and they set up these rules that make it really difficult for third parties to make it. The the rule right now is that they have to get 15% in five polls, but then they're not always in the polls. So it kind of makes it difficult. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, that's a very interesting point of view because right now what we're facing is we have a suit before the uh, we have a suit going with the FCC uh, regarding the pres- uh, the Commission on Presidential Debates, which I'm not sure of is common knowledge, but this is a uh, nonprofit corporation. It's not a government agency. Right. That uh, basically its mandate is you are run 50 percent by Democrats and 50 percent Republicans. Uh, that doesn't really sound like a fair platform uh, by which you get your third-party candidate involved in the debates, especially when that lawsuit is being sat upon by a Bush-nominated uh, Republican judge. Under normal circumstances, many people would view that a conflict of interest and would request a judge that had anything to do with this situation to recuse themselves. But that is, alas, not where we're at right now, and we're trying to put uh, political pressure in the appropriate positions without compromising our uh, candidate's integrity. The latest I've seen, I saw a Fox News poll that had uh, Governor Johnson at 12%. I've seen other polls at the 10 and 9, 8 level. Uh, have you had any bounce from this town hall that you've seen yet? Has there been any polling lately? There has been polling upticks. Uh, as you know, um, people are slow to change their minds. I think one of the best polls that we could take a look at are the people who are most concerned with this, and that's our military. They get a chance every four years to choose their boss. And Gary Johnson has been hot, been polling higher than either. He's in the 30s. And why that isn't considered a national poll is beyond me. Hmm. Interesting. So uh, let's say that everything goes well. We get five polls in a row at 15%. Governor Johnson makes the debates. Uh, from that point, what is the roadmap to electoral victory? Because there still needs to be a, co- a collection of 270 electoral votes at the end of the day. And so that's, you know, a lot of different races in a lot of different states that Gary Johnson has to win. What's the roadmap? Well, the roadmap is this. Uh, even, even the most politically uneducated America knows the difference uh, between moving forward and not moving at all. And they're recognizing that either of the two choices in front of us are bad. Like I said, our best PR for this campaign is our opponents. They're, they're, uh, they're being a little bit less than statesmanlike in their, in their approach. And essentially, once we get Gary on the debates, we have the unique opportunity where we can uh, attack the liberals from the left, we can attack the conservatives from the right, and then pretty much make them both look obsolete down the middle. Hmm. Now, uh, in the uh, CNN town hall that just took place this week, um, that this point about the 15% and getting in the debates was mentioned. And Governor Johnson said how, you know, this is 50 million viewers, this is the Super Bowl. If you're not in that game, you can't win. So if Gary Johnson doesn't make the debates, does he stay in the race? Because what would be the point if he can't if he he himself says he can't win without being in them? Um, we I'm, I, I can't speak for Gary Johnson, but uh, for every political alignment test I've taken, my position lands right on top of his name. Um, so if his, if his opinion is anything like like mine, you don't respond to you know adversity by throwing your hands up in, into the air. 
Remember, this is a guy who has climbed the highest mountain on all seven continents. He does triathlons, and we're talking about a 63-year-old man. Um, you're not going to slow Gary down. He'll <laughs> just change tacks, and he'll approach it from the statesman-like middle. Our competition will continue to threaten us with each other, and things will take care of itself on the national level. People are really starting to understand that there is a safety valve for democracy in place, and we don't have to be scared of them anymore. Hmm. The uh, the knock that gets uh, issued every four years when it comes to third-party voting is the idea that you're wasting a vote or that you're somehow allowing the candidate you least like to, to get elected. Uh, we could look back to the Clinton-Bush-Perot uh, 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 race in 92, where Perot sucked away enough of the vote from George H.W. Bush, the incumbent, that Bill Clinton won the presidency with just 43% of the vote. 57% of the people did not want that guy to be president. What do you, what do you think about that, about this third-party voting and the, and the possibility of being a spoiler? Well, a lot of people don't know this, but in the 1850s and 1860s, a gentleman by the name of Abraham Lincoln was running on a third-party candidacy. Remember, the Republican Party came about as a result of um, uh, the abolition issue. Uh, so the idea that a third party can't win is, is ludicrous. We've had several major parties in this country that no longer exist. The Federalists, the Whigs, the, uh, the Know-Nothings, the, the Bull Moose Party. Um, in a lot of ways, political parties can represent a conflict of interest or a filter between the people and their government. And people are starting to understand this at a lot higher of a level. And it's making them take a little bit more accountable accountability for their own vote. I don't know if the, uh, the Civil War era splits in the parties are really uh, analogous, given that we had a civil war that divided this. And Abraham Lincoln was running the Republican Party, which is a reconstitution of the Whigs, against a Democratic Party that had split because of slavery into Southern and Northern Democrats. But you do make a good point. Uh, the Bull Moose Party, the progressive party of uh, Teddy Roosevelt, had, uh, what, 88 electoral votes, I think, they got in that election. So there is, there is some room for this, and I do want to see more voices. Uh, the last thing I want to bring up is as you're, as you're trying to get this 15% for Governor Gary Johnson to get into the debates, I look at some of the four-way polling, and it shows if you added Jill Stein and Gary Johnson, it would be over 15% in a series of polls at this point, does it feel like Jill is kind of a fourth-party spoiler to this third-party opportunity? I wouldn't view that as, a, as an issue at all at this point. Not too many people know that the suit going with the uh, Commission for Presidential Bates, Jill Stein is a co-plaintiff hmm. with Gary Johnson. Okay. These people have years of experience working towards the same goals. Um, I've heard rumors circulating that uh, she would be his top pick for Surgeon General. So oh. who That's, else would you put? I, you know, there's rumors I've heard. I, I don't know if they're true or not. But yeah. it's an interesting proposition because it enables her to have a uh, ability to influence policy beyond that of her electoral potential. You know what I mean? Yeah. The Green Movement's becoming a little bit uh, more to the forefront here when we start to realize um, things like you know, issues like the environment are not economic externalities. Uh, these are very important. And that's why um, Gary Johnson's uh, consumption tax is a uh, really good idea because you're not taxed on what you make. You're not taxed on, um, you know, how much money you have in savings. You save, you're, you're taxed on the burden you put on the planet. So 
a lot of people might consider that really less a fair, but that is the fairest thing we could do for the planet. You're taxed on what you use. Um, that, hmm. that, that sounds fairly, if, if they had taxes in Star Trek, they might be done like that. <laughs> Star Trek tax, I like that. All right, Drew, thank you for telling us about the Gary Johnson campaign. And let me give you this opportunity to tell people the websites or Facebooks or any of the contact stuff they need to learn more about this in depth. Absolutely. Um, the main uh, national web website is johnsonweld.com. It's the perfect venue for you to uh, make contributions, um, volunteer to help with the campaign. Please help to volunteer with our campaign. Yes, yes. And uh, a way for you to get in touch with local establishments. Like we have the uh, um, Oregon for Gary Johnson has been very active. And Portland for Gary Johnson, which I'm affiliated with, has been trying to do our very small part in this very big election. All right. Well, Drew, thanks for stopping by. The Gary Johnson campaign, very interesting, folks. We're shaking things up with the third parties. Look up the Libertarian Party and the Johnson Weld campaign. At least get yourself informed about it. You deserve to you know, have all the voices heard, right? Thank you very much. That's all we need. All Log- right. Logic will take care of the rest. We are going to return to the Indo Expo. Thanks for joining us here live on CannabisRadio.com. Great time at the Indo Expo. My thanks to Drew for uh, sitting in with us. Uh, we had another guy from the Johnson campaign wanted to speak, but I'm like, no, I've already done one one political today. And <laughs> and and the, and the more I speak with uh, libertarians, the more I want to uh, get into history lessons. So uh, <laughs> probably best we leave it at at one interview. So uh, we've got more of this coming up uh, in our next segment. Jonah from MRX Labs talking about extraction technology, and then David from Willamette Valley Aqua. Ponics. A little bit of a pause there before the bell. It's 420 here in the Pacific time zone. Time for us to take our safety meeting. When we come back, like I said, Jonah from MRX Labs learn all about extraction technology when we return. Being green is good. Growing green is good. Making green is great. CannabisRadio.com While the feds and state are doing their dance, you still need to transact business and manage your cash. Go professional and let your customers pay with PayQuick. They pay you and they earn rewards points. PayQuick connects to your bank account for free and secures all of your transactions. And with PayQuick, you can pay your producers and processors for free. Plus, it pays to have it because it makes depositing your cash safe and so easy. No cops, no crooks, just compliance and comfort, knowing you have your cannabis business in check with PayQuick. PayQuick, the safe and easy way to pay. P-A-Y-Q-W-I-C-K dot com. The political climate is at a fever pitch. And the fight for the social fabric of America is set for battle this November. Tuesday, November 8th, the Cannabis Liberation Movement takes a huge step forward. And Cannabis Radio is here to chronicle this legendary moment. CannabisRadio.com and the Cannabis Radio News Team will feature wall-to-wall live coverage of all the coast-to-coast voting of state amendments, ballots, propositions, and initiatives that will further progress the Cannabis Crusade. Join us Thursday, November 8th for Vote 2016, The Path to Cannabis Freedom, only on CannabisRadio.com. You're not high. 
You're listening to the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. I am a round peg in a square hole. Okay, maybe you're high too. With over six years of experience in the industry, New Era CPAs is one of the nation's leading cannabis accounting firms, helping hundreds of growers, dispensaries, and ancillary companies with their tax, legal, and business strategies. New Era CPAs offices cover the West Coast from Seattle to San Diego, and their skilled team is always available to help you take your business to the next level. Visit NewEraCPAs.com for more info and set up a consultation. Welcome to the New Era. Pod 2.0. It's not your father's Woodstock weed. <laughs> this is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. Hi, everybody. Radical Russ here at the 2016 Portland Indo Expo. And joining us here at the Cannabis Radio Lounge, we have Jonah from MRX Labs. Hi, Jonah. How you doing? Hey, doing really good, Russ. Just really excited to be here today on a beautiful day in, in Oregon here. Yeah, MRX Labs here is uh, one of our uh, uh, testing facilities for cannabis in, uh, is it just Oregon or are you all over? No, right now we're just in Oregon right now. Uh, but we're having plans to expand into other other states here. What has been uh, what has it been like trying to get uh, some consistency, some regulations, working with the state here as far as setting up the testing industry? Yeah, we're we're really excited about it as a whole. You know, when when my family and I started this company about two and a half years ago, there was no standards, no requirements, no oversight, no accreditation. And that was a lot of problem in this industry. Um, essentially, people weren't all testing the same standards. And so we're really excited about accreditation coming where there's now set standards that everyone tests to, um, set rules. And so it kind of puts everyone in the same uh, level field where, where customers can feel really confident patients, you know, about the, the test results. It's not easy to get accredited, so the labs that actually get accredited um, I, I don't think people are going to have to question anymore what, mm-hmm. what the results are. So uh, on the baseline test, if someone was going to uh, work with MRX Labs, they'd be learning potency, CBD, and, and if it's contaminated, maybe go into some detail on what is it you're looking for when you're testing. Sure. Under the new testing requirements that the OLCC and OHA have set forth, they've really uh, specified what, what tests we're doing now. And that's your cannabinoid profile which they're requiring your, your THC and your CBD. And then we also offer additional minor cannabinoids as well that customers just want to know about. And then mold and mildew is getting removed, and it's going to be going to a water activity, which uh, gives you essentially an idea of the likelihood of mold mildew coming in the future. Oh. And then uh, also your pesticide testing as well. And they have it set with exact um, analytes and pesticides. It used to be pretty broad before, yeah. but now it's, it's very defined and laid out with exact parts per million and what analytes to look for, and then also on the residual solvent side as well. On that uh, the thing you mentioned about mold, is this like instead of waiting to find that you've actually got mold, you're trying to see whether, you know, try to prevent it before that, it happens? That, that, that's exactly right. It, it's more of a, the water activity is more of an indicator. Of, okay. Of, and uh, this is a change they've come up with. That, that is correct, okay. yes. And, and so this would be the baseline to make sure it's compliant with uh, Oregon regulations. 
Are there tests you offer that go beyond that to find other pieces that aren't required but might be of interest? Sure. So we, we also do offer uh, the traditional mold and mildew tests as well. And then we'll also be offering E. coli and salmonella testing uh, as well. And then coming down the, the future here, we're looking at essentially doing some strain identification and genealogy as well with oh. some, some of the DNA technology we have. Excellent. This is MRX Labs. We're talking about uh, full-spectrum testing here of uh, ca- uh, cannabis products in the state of Oregon. Uh, are there any, for the people that uh, are the producers uh, that are going to be bringing you products, some tips you can give them that will ease this process, make it better, uh, more accurate, or easier for you guys to handle? Sure. And, and actually, what's really changing, too, is it, it's, it's no longer going to be one of those things where customers can just bring samples. Uh, under the new rules, there's going to have actually um, what they call s- sampling uh, labs, okay. which we've, we've also applied for that accreditation as well. And so now we're going to have to come on site and actually pull the sample ourselves. Um, and it's very specific, like the rules they require. So you're no longer just going to be able to pick your own sample and submit it. But what I would recommend is um, for questions such as you asked is I would recommend you come in and talk to some of our scientists and chemists, and they kind of give you some ideas and, and input on um, on things just to make sure you're compliant. And we want to be used as a resource. And so we have a kind of an open door policy, and we encourage customers to come visit our lab. Um, you can show up any time from 10 to 7, essentially Monday through Saturday, and, and get a lab tour. And then we, we have chemists and scientists on staff that can take you through the whole entire process of the current rules, where they're at, and questions you have. If you have questions about recipe design, you know, a lot of our customers are going from making, uh, you know, 25, 50 brownies at a time in their kitchen, and now they're looking to make 1,000 at a time. And so, you know, your dosages are a really important part of that. And and to be able to hit those dosages. And so we recommend you come in and talk to some of our, our, our chemical scientists as far as recipe design, and they can help you with their, your recipe to hit those dosages. Hmm. So I see on your flyer you're offering one-day, two-day, and three-day testing, and it gets less expensive the longer it goes. So is this a, like a rush thing where like uh, what you'd get in three days you can get in one day? It is. There's also some different technology we use uh, for getting the one-day turnaround test right now. Um, that is going to be changing under the ORLAP accreditation because that one day is kind of tied into the mold mildew, oh, which a lot okay. of companies used to use just Petri dishes, which was like a 48 to 72-hour um, you know, waiting period. But now we developed some assays with some DNA technology that essentially accelerate the growth and determine if there was a pastel in about 20 minutes. Hmm. And so that's kind of changing under the new rules. But, however, with the staff we have, we've grown from about 2 to 25 staff in the equipment we have, we will be able to keep up those turnaround times as well. When I uh, go to the dispensary and I am choosing from a, a bunch of strains that are out there on the display, one of the things I always note is the THC potency, and I'll see something like 17.68%. Are we really getting down to the hundredths of a percent in accuracy, or, or is there like a, a, a margin of error? There, there is a, a variance, essentially. Okay. Um, and Believe it or not, they, the state actually says there could be a 30% variance. <laughs> uh, but that, that said, um, typically we see, um, we've done a lot of sampling and a lot of um, you know, analytical runs to, um, as far as 
verifying results, and typically we see less than a 3% yeah. variance. So yeah, so if you if you tested something one time and it came in at 17.56, is there a chance it would come in at 17.2 on a retest? Yes, that, yeah. that is correct. But that's a lot better than a 30% yes. swing that takes your 20% bud from 14 to that, 26. That is correct. <laughs> that's crazy. And that's one of the things, too, you'll see, which we're really excited about, is um, is the, the states actually finally required how to report THC properly, and that's to report the decarboxylated amount. And that's where um, a lot of times you would just see people adding, you know, the, the THC uh, A and the Delta 9. Yeah. And you're really supposed to uh, then multiply that by 0.875 and get the actual decarboxylated amount. And labs, a lot of labs haven't been doing that for a long time just because, you know, it, it puts a higher potency number out. And so the state has required that. And so by October 1st, you will see a consistent reporting uh, from all labs on that side. So, so we may just see like a, a point at which the THC potencies drop two or three points because of that adjustment. Yes, yeah, yeah. That, that's correct. Uh, a lot of labs we've been doing that for the last. I'd have to look since the the, the state re- recommended we started doing that. I think three or four months ago. Okay, and so we, we've been doing it since then. And so, yes, you will be seeing that. Um, Essentially, you, you probably won't no longer see very many twenty six to thirty <laughs> percent. And if, if it is, then the they're they're amazing growers. Yeah, with the, what they're doing there. Well, this is fascinating stuff. Jonah from MRX Labs. Tell folks how our listeners out there how they can uh, get in touch with you guys if they want more information. Absolutely, you can visit us on our website at www.mrxlabs.com. Or uh, feel free to give us a call at 503-954-3992. We also have a free courier service all throughout the state of Oregon. And, Russ, I don't know if you have an extra minute or two, but yeah, I just wanted ahead. to tell you, uh, we also have a separate company, too, called MRX Extractors. Oh, okay. And how we actually got involved in building supercritical CO2 extractors was being on the lab side, uh, a lot of the oils we saw coming into our lab a couple years ago on the CO2 side were very dark, didn't have any terpene profiles mm-hmm. in there. And traditionally the knock on CO2 is that it strips the product of the terpenes. And so my partner, uh, Paul Tommaso, who's an engineer, uh, we had a chance to talk to a lot of our customers are using other technology out there. And we wanted to set out to build a supercritical CO2 extractor that would have full process control that would preserve the terpenes through the extraction process. And so we, we launched our 20-liter extractor just over a year ago and have been selling those nationwide. But we're, we're also a complete kind of turnkey technology company where we also have rotavapes, post-processing, uh, cartridge filling machines, and, uh, and really a new machine we're excited about that will actually separate and isolate the cannabinoids to take it to pharmaceutical grade of like 99% CBD, wow. THC. And so we're kind of a one-stop, complete extraction engineering company as well. Um, based in Canby, but we, we service customers, like I said, now uh, North America side. Yeah. And so we would love to talk to people that have questions about uh, their extraction needs. And, and then we also came out with our 100-liter uh, extractor that will process about 50 pounds at a time. And so we're doing a lot of that with some of the big cannabis extraction companies, but also the hemp side too as well. And so uh, that's a company that um, we're really excited about, and that's just been growing like crazy as well. And would also extend the invitation to anybody that wanted to come and, and tour our facility on that side, too. Yeah. Is that a separate website? It is. Uh, it's www.fire, and that's F-I-Y-R-R.com. And the name of that company is MRX Extractors. All right. Fantastic, Jonah. MRX Labs, MRX Extractors. What's MRX stand for? So when we started that uh, as a family business a few years ago, 
Uh, number one, we wanted to be something unique yeah. and uh, wanted to keep it short and simple. A lot of people actually call us Mr. X. I was going to say, is that <laughs> what it means? Or? No, and actually what that was, was essentially was um, almost like medical uh, prescription in a deal oh, okay. or, or marijuana prescription. And with the RX, of course, being the pharmaceutical side. And the thing, how we test, we want to test to a pharmaceutical level. And also the equipment that we build, we want to be able to take uh, the product to pharmaceutical level as well. So the RX really ties in with uh, the medical or marijuana. Right on. All right. Well, Jonah, thank you. And everyone check out mrxlabs.com. We'll bring you more here from the Portland Indo Expo. Thanks for joining us. All right. Thank you, Russ. All right. Take it easy. We'll be back with more right after this. MRX Labs there at the Indo Expo. We've got more Indo Expo highlights coming up next, our third interview of Hour 2. And this one was, I learned a lot in this interview because I, I've talked to guys that do hydroponics, and I've talked to guys that do aeroponics. I'd never talked to a guy who does aquaponics. That's when Aquaman tends to your crop. No, that's not it. <laughs> <laughs> but it involves fish. Vegetarian fish. <laughs> the damnedest thing. What will us weed heads think of next? We're back in just two minutes. Stay tuned. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. Cannabis use isn't the only thing growing. So are we. Grow with us. CannabisRadio.com Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now. About a game for your phone gonna make you say, wow! The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash. Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash. Little by little, your empire grows large. Put the big celebrities inside your entourage. You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Chichin Chong. Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong. The name of the game is Hemping, that's the point. Download and play while you light yourself a joint. The business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Welcome to Cannabis Confidential. I'm your host, Dr. Dina. We've got David Faustino on the line. Bud Bundy from Married with Children. Did you feel nervous being a celebrity walking into a weed store? I don't remember at all being like, ooh, I'm scared someone's going to take my picture here. What are they going to say? Bud Bundy smokes Bud? I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't be a big shocker. Hey, this is David Faustino, and I'm on Cannabis Confidential with my girl, Dr. Dina, on CannabisRadio.com. The Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. The National Wildlife Refuge for Marijuana Unicorns. Coming soon to a city near you, Cannabis Finance Boot Camp. Get all your cannabis accounting, legal, and compliance questions answered by their knowledgeable panel of industry experts who want to help your cannabis boom. Whether you're a grower, dispensary operator, or a newcomer to the field, your cannabis needs Cannabis Finance Boot Camp. For information on upcoming events, visit CannabisFinanceBootCamp.com.
Warning, hits taken on this show are larger than they appear. Do not try this at home. These people are professionals. <coughs> or at least they pay me to say that. This is Dan Michaels from danmichaelsaudio.com. And you're listening to Radical Russ on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back, everyone. Radical Russ at the 2016 Portland Indo Expo. And I'm here with David, who is with Willamette Valley Aquaponics. David, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, let me get that back up. Let's try that. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I, uh, uh, this is a pleasure to be here. Uh, yeah, I am a startup business. I'm from uh, Monmouth, okay. Oregon. Uh, I don't know if too many people really know where that's at, but uh, you're a second person today from Monmouth on the show. Oh, really? Yeah, nice. Well, Keep that good. mic close to your face there, so we can yeah, hear you. Yeah, I might know them. Um, yeah, so I build, design, uh, and design aquaculture systems that can grow food and uh, medicine. Yeah, uh, cannabis. I've been doing it now for about a year with the cannabis, but food for over six years. And uh, I'm passionate about good, healthy, organic food. Um, I was an alcoholic. I quit drinking uh, about 10 years ago now, and uh, I ran into problems with my stomach, digestion, uh, all these things that were plaguing me after I should be feeling better, you know, and I was wondering why. So I started doing research, and I learned about our food system and all the agrochemical companies and the petroleum-based fertilizers that we use and the kind of the vicious bankruptcy loophole I see the farms getting into. I grew up in a small town, uh, farming community. I watched a lot of farms after the National American Free Trade Agreement got passed that had to go bankrupt and yeah. lost their livelihoods. You know, So I, I'm passionate about good farming practices. And so that led me down you know, the good food wormhole. And I see the cannabis industry right now in its infancy and what it is and what it potentially could grow into. But I also see it as an opportunity for legislators to start pointing fingers on any kind of like environmental or resource management issues that are going to arise in the future, like energy use, uh, water resources. Water right now is one of the most precious resources we have on this planet, and it's being polluted at an alarming rate. And so if I can do anything to help that, I'm going to. So uh, aquaponics is a great way to grow not only food, but cannabis and really any plant. I've grown every single plant you could probably think of, for the most part, in this system. Um, I have three-pound papayas growing in my system. I figured out the fruiting problems. Um, Aquaponics produces a lot of nitrogen. It uses a natural bacteria in the system. So in all aquatic systems, they have... Uh, natural bacteria that convert the ammonia that the fish produce into a less harmful substance, a nitrate, which is nitrogen. So if you recirculate the water through grow beds, I use three-quarter inch around river rock. It seems to be the best media I've found, and I've tried a lot of different ones. Um, There's a few reasons for that, and I'll get into that in a little bit. But the bacteria convert it to nitrogen, basically. So the plants remove the nitrogen and clean the water for the fish, and it works on a symbiotic relationship, and it recirculates. So you use about 90% less water to grow the same amount of crops. Yeah, so let me make sure that I'm catching up because uh, I know a lot about the politics and the stats of, of cannabis, but the growing of it is, is new to me in a lot of ways. First of all, when you say aquaponics, are we differing this from hydroponics? In which way? What's the difference? Yes, the difference is, is that you use aquaculture water. 
So it's a living water. It has uh, so fish in it. You're using fish water. I grew. I use tilapia. I'm growing okay. tilapia at my home system right now. I've got a 200-square-foot system, and then I'm building my first commercial system in Wilhelmina. The, the weed's not in with the fish. They're not swimming amongst the buds. No, <laughs> no, no, no. They're in the grow bed, but the, okay. they share the same water. Okay, okay. Yeah. So the, the fish produce the fertile input to the system. All right. And so just fish feed. Well, tilapia like vegetables. They don't like meat sources. So okay. Well, one of the main problems in the aquaculture industry today is that they use... Uh, fish farmed um, fish meal okay. protein. So okay. fish meal protein is kind of bad in a lot of different ways. And one of them is that it can bioaccumulate heavy metals and other pollutants out of the ocean. And then you right. feed it to fish. It bioaccumulates in them. And then you sell them to people. And we eat it. And it bioaccumulates in us. So uh, the search for a plant-based protein is one that the aquaculture uh industry really desperately needs and there's a couple things i see that could potentially save that hemp is one of them yeah duckweed is another which hardly anybody knows about but it's the weeds that grow on top of ponds it looks like a green carpet yeah yeah that is all seven amino acids and a complex protein and is one of the most digestible you can feed it to everything from chickens to you know uh goats to cows to humans and it really it harnesses the energy of the sun and the nitrates are in aquatic systems sure and grows and wow. creates a biomass okay so there's options for the um, the fish fertile or the the protein source for aquaculture, but tilapia kind of solved that problem because they just like plants. That's what they want to eat. Gotcha. So I have an urban farm in Monmouth that has an aquaponic system. I'm uh, trying to get my house to pay for itself by marketing the produce that it produces, and eventually hire somebody who needs a job and a place to live to manage it, um, and then buy another one and keep doing this. But I also want to build my business. I'm a startup business. I'm a sole guy trying this right now. I'm working a full-time job. I work for Sequential Pacific Biodiesel in Salem, Oregon. It's my full-time job. Uh, I work 312s, and we recycle used cooking oil on a very large scale for the most part, about 7 million gallons yeah. a year. So it's, it's a fun job, and it's a great job, and I love it. But I really want to do my own thing, and I really feel that I can help this industry make a really good name for themselves and grow into something that could really be fruitful. But not only that, produce a really high-quality organic product. Right. And so everybody who's tried my cannabis uh, really, really, really enjoys it and says that it's the smoothest they've ever had. And and really, the effects are great. So That's wonderful. Uh, do you eventually get to eat the tilapia? You do. Yeah. And they are good. And I did some side-by-side <laughs> -side comparison with the store-bought stuff because most of the tilapia in America is produced in China, Singapore, Indonesia, and places where they're grown in some pretty low water qualities and fed fish meal, gotcha. pellet food. And yeah. so it... Uh, it tastes different. It, it also is pink, and my fish is like pure white. Oh, and it, it doesn't. My fit or the stuff from the store tasted really uh, dirty, like dirty water, and mine tastes exceptionally clean and just like a white fish. Wow. And so it was really good. And uh, I'm, yeah, I'm excited. So I'm building a Bear Farms in Willamina, Oregon. Um, they are. Uh, fourth generation farm, 400 acres. They're trying to do it right. They don't want to use the pesticides, the chemical fertilizers, and get locked into that that, that cost and that overhead. So they're, they, they've seen aquaponics as a way to not only produce more with less, uh, but a better quality product to increase their profits, but also to, to updrive their foot traffic. Mm -hmm. People come from a lot of a long way around to just see an aquaponic system. So they come there they yeah. sell more produce you know while you're there you might as well buy some eggs and some meat and whatever else some fish and maybe some lettuce 
Um, so we're building a 30 by 85 foot system that should produce anywhere between 24 and 36,000 head of lettuce a year on the low end. So just on low end sells, you know, two to three dollars a head for these, you know, lettuce because of how like big and beautiful they are because they haven't been handled as much. They get sold locally. They're picked fresh. Um, you're looking, you know, at seventy to a hundred thousand dollars a year with about a twenty to forty thousand dollars startup cost. Wow! So it's I, I make all my own tanks. I want to get into the manufacturing. Um, I am really interested in plant plastics. It's uh, it's the way everything has to go is towards plants, anyways. Sure. I've known it for years, and now it's happening. So I'm excited, and I. Thank you for letting me speak today. I appreciate it. Oh, this is great how you could integrate all these things. And I'm, I was just thinking uh, circle of life here. You said the tilapia like eating vegetables. Uh, <laughs> are you feeding them any of the leaf or bud from the, what you grow that was made from their water? I tried some leaf. Uh, I tried to feed them some of the leaf just because, you know, it, it shouldn't hurt them. You know, yeah. It's, yeah so, it, uh, But they don't like it. I think it's because it's kind of spicy. Oh. They don't like arugula either. But okay. they love lettuce, kale, and... Uh, uh, I use a soy-based pellet food that I buy that's USDA organic, and yeah. I supplement with that a little bit in, like, the winter months. But for the most part, they eat a lot of worms, and then I do uh, black soldier fly larvae. Huh. I don't know if you know what those are, huh. but black soldier fly are, like, everywhere, and they can eat, their larvae can eat, they're like a maggot, Yeah. but right. they're, they don't carry any diseases. So that's one of the problems why you don't want to feed your chickens, you know, maggots or your fish maggots is because they can carry disease from what they're in. These things, like the nastiest stuff you could think of, right? And uh, they're really efficient, but they go through a seven-phase pupa stage, so at some point they lose their mouth. So, oh. if you, so yeah, it, that's their cue to find a hole and turn into a fly. But if you put a ramp inside of a bin with all your waste in there, when they lose their mouth, they'll climb the ramp and harvest themselves and fall into a cup. <laughs> you can freeze these, and so I use all my food waste from my kitchen. I mean, everything from, like, old dairy to uh, uh, meats, cheeses, all that stuff can go into this bin and I keep it out in my compost area, and every day in the summer I'm getting uh, uh, larvae, and I feed it to the fish. So it's a way to convert my household waste into a protein source that I can freeze and feed my fish. Wow. So I like to produce all my own food, all my own fertilizers, all my own nutrients. I've solved the fruiting problems in the aquaponic system, and it is a very, very viable way to grow cannabis and food in the same system. Yeah. So if you want food security and medicine security, I can build you a system that can handle that. This this is fascinating to me, and I'm still trying to kill the visual in my head of these maggots losing their mouths <laughs> and then desperately crawling up the ramp to freedom. <laughs> if you watch their seven-phase stages to a fly, it's yeah. pretty interesting. Yeah. Like, yeah, and they do it relatively quickly, but they, you know, they lay so many eggs, there's so many of them, they can process a ton of waste and just turn it into a protein. Wow. Yeah. This is amazing. And I love this kind of uh, repurposing, closed-loop, recycling, uh, steady-state yeah. kind of idea here. Mother Nature has solved every single problem already. If we don't start modeling every system that we use after Mother Nature, it's going to fall apart. Absolutely It's that right. simple. So, Man, this is amazing. Uh, tell folks again how they can uh, learn more about what you're doing, if you've got some contacts. or I do. Um, I'm in Monmouth. Uh, I'm the owner and operator of Willamette Valley Aquaponics, LLC. Um, through the last 10 years, I've met a lot of people in the aquaponics community, which is growing rapidly. And one of the best people to contact about schools or learning more is uh, uh, Ingenuity Innovation Center in St. Helens, Oregon. 
My friends Aaron and Kate have really come a long way, and they're huge movers and shakers in the aquaponics industry. Uh, they've helped me, and I've helped them. We're friends, and they're open source. Um, they've also partnered with Murray Hallam from Australia, who is uh, the owner of Practical Aquaponics. And he's kind of the guru right now in aquaponics. He's been doing it the longest, knows the most, has the most successful business, travels all over the world and helps everybody from third world countries to everybody to get into aquaponics and to realize the potential for growing food and plants in a better way mm. and use more resources better and manage it better. Yeah, so. I love this. This is, this is great stuff. Uh, learn more about this aquaponics. And uh, what was the website again? Uh, I don't have a website, but Ingenuity Innovation Center uh, com is my friends up in St. Helens. Okay. Uh, my website isn't set up yet, but you can contact me via Facebook. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, my name is David Towery, and I also have a Willamette Valley Aquaponics uh, uh, Facebook page as well. And you can message me. Um, yeah, I'm right. I'm there. I like I said, I work a full time job. I'm still really trying to meet the right people to help grow my business. Yeah, you know, whether it be investors, I need resources. I would love to eventually be able to offer somebody a system, finance it for them, you know, and then be able to get them to like make payments or whatever. So I know not everybody's going to be able to go drop you know twenty to fifty thousand dollars on a giant commercial system, but you know. I want to be able to grow my business to that point eventually and help everybody, wow. farmers to cannabis, entrepreneurs, and yeah. It's a great, great idea here. Willamette Valley Aquaponics. David Towery is the owner and aquapreneur. You can contact <laughs> him by email at willamettevalleyaquaponics at yahoo.com. Willamette, for those of you who are out of state, is W-I-L-L-A-M-E-T-T-E, Valley Aquaponics at yahoo.com and uh, check them out Willamette Valley Aquaponics on Facebook as well. Thanks, David. Great stuff you're doing. Thank you very much. All right. Stay tuned. We are going to bring you more here as we close up shop at the 2016 Portland Indo Expo. I'm Radical Russ. I really enjoyed that interview with David from uh, Willamette Valley Aquaponics. It's it's an area of uh, marijuana cultivation I hadn't even heard of before. Using the water from your fish to grow your plants. Very interesting. So uh, check those guys out, Willamette Valley Aquaponics. It sounds really interesting. And uh, if you're trying to set up one of those off-the-grid lifestyles, sounds like a great way to get your medicine and your fish at the same time. We'll be back after a short break here to wind things up on this Monday afternoon. And then Stoner Jesus joins you live at the top of the hour. Stay tuned. It's Cannabis Radio. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. We don't limit how much you smoke, and we don't limit where you listen. Cannabis Radio is now on iTunes, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange 
Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. Georgia. Hi, this is Willie Nelson. Alcohol prohibition didn't work in the 1920s, and marijuana prohibition isn't working today. It's time we stopped arresting responsible marijuana smokers. It's the fair thing to do. For more information, contact Normal, the National Organization for the Reform of Marijuana Laws. Call toll-free 888-67-NORML or visit their website at norml.org. The Russ Belleville Show is blogging and podcasting daily at RadicalRuss.com. Don't want to spend money on a night out, but don't know what to do other than watching TV or playing video games? Consider playing guitar, bass, banjo, or mandolin. The instrument will give you hours of entertainment with friends with minimal expense. Stop by the Fingerboard Extension downtown Corvallis at 120 Northwest 2nd Street today or check out its inventory on the web at fingerboardextension.com. Most of us pirates, we go on vacation to North Dakota, you know, because they've got a town called Argusville. What are you smoking there, boy? This is Dan Michaels from danmichaelsaudio.com, and you're listening to Radical Russ on CannabisRadio.com. Thank you, Dan Michaels. Welcome back, everybody. Closing up shop here. From the Ardea Condominium Towers in beautiful Legal Potland, Oregon. A programming reminder that uh, we will be off on Friday. I will be driving across the state of Oregon, making my way back into Prohibition Land, the state of Idaho, where I'll be speaking at the Boise Hemp Fest on Saturday. So, uh, speaking out for in a truly repressive land, folks. It's going to be interesting. So uh, follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Radical Russ for all the updates from Idaho. Who knows? I may need ha- may need to uh, raise bail money in a in a hurry. <laughs> no, I'll tr- I'll try to stay out of the uh, out of the crosshairs of Idaho law enforcement. We'll see how well that goes. Also, uh, the following Friday. I won't be on because we'll be up in Seattle for the Seattle Hemp Fest Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, the 25th annual Seattle Hemp Fest. I'll be speaking all three days. Looking forward to that as well. Coming up next here on CannabisRadio.com, we've got Stoner Jesus joining you. He sees you when you're toking. He knows when you get baked. He knows if you roll joints real good. So roll good for goodness sake. Is that Stoner Jesus or Santa? I can't remember. What's the difference? Stoner Jesus coming up next here on CannabisRadio.com. And my thanks to uh, the Cannabis Radio team. Uh, of course, Wiz Coleco was a part of the uh, festivities there. And we also had uh, Darren from Cannabis Radio up. And I got to meet my long-lost cousin, Chad Belleville. That's right. Chad Belleville from, uh, the, uh, from, from Phoenix, actually. Spells his last name the same as I do, which is rare. We're one of those rare 3L Bellevilles, right? So the entire uh, the entire weekend, whenever we'd come back to the booth, I'm like, hello, Mr. Belleville. He'd like, yes, Mr. Belleville. 
because it's rare for both of us. We never meet anybody that's got our last name. So that was kind of fun. Thanks to you guys. Uh, thanks to Lori Duckworth from, uh, uh, well, formerly from Southern Oregon Normal, uh, volunteered to help at the booth as well. We had a really good time out there. Looking forward to more good times. Also, be heading to Anchorage, Alaska in uh, September and uh, Boston for the Boston Freedom Rally. Vancouver, British Columbia coming up in November. I think that winds up most of my travels. Might head out to Jamaica again for the High Times Cannabis Cup in November as well. We'll just have to see how the money comes in. We'll be back tomorrow, Wednesday and Thursday, with more news and interviews you can use from the cannabis community. More highlights from the Indo Expo coming up as well. For everyone here at CannabisRadio.com, I'm Radical Russ. Thanks for joining us. Stay tuned for Stoner Jesus. And until next time, take care of each other, tokers. This is the Russ Belleville Show. The Russ Belleville Show is blogging and podcasting daily at RadicalRuss.com. You take a seed, you plant it, you grow it, you try it, you roll it, you smoke it. You take a seed, you plant it, you grow it, you try it, you roll it, you smoke it. You take a seed, you plant it, you grow it, you try it, you roll it, you smoke it.